that I'm afraid of. Falling, snakes, rivers at night, losing my family, just to name a few of them. I also do not do horror movies, like at all. When I was in seventh grade, I went to a classmate's house for a Halloween party and we watched I Know What You Did Last Summer. I was the only one who screamed during the movie. Go figure. Ghosts, demons, creepy people jumping out at you, nope, don't like it. The gospel for this week is one that actually freaks me out a little bit. For some reason, why, I don't know, but for some reason, horror movies were played a lot at my house when I was growing up. And there's another movie with a demonic possession that sticks out in my mind. And in the movie, the demon called itself Legion, which the demon calls itself Legion in this gospel text. Yep, no thank you. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, 8, 26 through 39. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? For he, he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him to not go, to not order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off to hold, and told it in the city and the country. Then the people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had, been, had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. This gospel story is like it's literally right out of a horror movie. You have a demon-possessed man who lived in the tombs, basically lived in a cemetery, who was possessed by so many demons that he called himself Legion. And then the demons left the man with Jesus' permission. They entered into a bunch of pigs and the pigs rushed down a steep bank or jumped off a cliff and drowned. The people around came to see what happened, and this guy who'd been running around naked in a cemetery, possessed by demons, is now sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. The people were afraid. They asked Jesus to leave because they were so afraid. In 2019, the data website YouGov conducted a survey about paranormal beliefs. About 45% of the participants believed that ghosts and demons were either definitely or probably exist. Now granted, 
this was an internet poll that surveyed just over a thousand people, so take it with a grain of salt. However, it is an interesting concept. Where do you stand on paranormal beliefs? Do you believe in demons? What do demons look like to you? Are demons what you see in horror movies or are those, they those things that take over your life, keeping you from living the life God intended for you? Now, without getting too much in the weeds, there is evidence that yes, demonic possession and demonic activity are real things. Contrary to the belief that was prevalent during biblical times and throughout the centuries, until we became more skilled at recognizing and diagnosing mental illnesses, not every ailment that results in altered mental states is caused by demonic possession. You know though, I think this might be a good topic for a special Bible study, actually. Now, there's more than one way to define demon, but for today, we'll look at demon as a cruel, evil, or destructive person or thing. The things that take hold of us, that weigh us down, that make us ashamed, that keep us hidden away from the world. And there's an interesting juxtaposition in our gospel text about this man who was possessed by demons and Paul's letters to the Galatians. A reading from Galatians 3, verses 23 through 29. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Jesus, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of the Lord. So we have the law. The law which was created or put in place to guide us as God's people towards an abundant life, which too often is used as a weapon against us or as a way to purposely exclude others. The man who was possessed was excluded from society. Individuals have been told that they should question their salvation if they do anything that goes against what their Christian sect deems as appropriate or what they interpret the law to be. But the law isn't supposed to be the enemy of grace. It's intended to help us live with each other on this earth, to guide us to abundance. Following the law does not save us because we don't always follow it perfectly. Have you ever kept track of how many of the Ten Commandments you break on a daily basis, especially if you closely follow the meanings? This is why Jesus came to save us. And the irony is that this grace from God is sometimes feared more than celebrated. Just as the people of Gerasenes were freaked out by Jesus healing this man who had been possessed, there seems to be this fear that God might actually give grace to those who look and think and behave and believe differently than how we look and think and behave and believe. But why? Why are we so afraid of God's grace being given to others? Why are we so afraid of God's grace being given to ourselves? Maybe it's because it forces us from living in a mentality where we think of things as black and white 
into one where we live in shades of gray. I love this observation from the Working Pe Preacher commentary on Galatians 3. In this present evil age, the power of sin is so great that it has corrupted all. The law can point toward goodness, justice, and peace, but it cannot create a peaceable, loving, and just people. The law is not in the business of transformation. You know who is in the business of transformation? God. This law, it couldn't heal this man from his demons. But Jesus could and Jesus did. Jesus brought him from living in the shadows into new life. This is what Jesus does for each of us also. Jesus brings us from living in the shadows of our demons into new life, transforming us. The law, the demons that weigh us down, they have no power over us when Jesus is involved. We all have things that we're afraid of, things that weigh us down, things that keep us from living the life that God intended for us. We live in fear of the law rather than letting the law guide us. We use the law as a weapon. We fear God's grace for others and for ourselves. Instead of living in fear, let us be set free by God's grace. Let us be healed by Christ's word. Let us live the life that God intended for us. Amen. This next week, I encourage you to take a deeper look by journaling about, meditating on, or talking about these questions, either by yourself or with a small group. First, what are the demons that you struggle with in this life? In other words, what are the things that weigh you down that you struggle to overcome? And how does your identity as a child of God help you overcome these struggles? And second, have you had a time in your life when the law, that which is intended to guide God's people toward an abundant life, was used as a weapon against you? And when have you experienced the grace of God?